Hey homies, welcome back to the Uncommon Queens podcast. I'm Lauren Page and we have Marie Claire here with me and I, we met in college um, through a church. I'll let you introduce yourself. Hello, I'm so honored to be on this podcast. I've always wanted to do a podcast. Um, My name is Marie Claire. I love Lauren a lot and I'm so honored to be here. Um, so I'm 23. I grew up in Germany. Um, and then I moved to Atlanta in elementary school, learned English, I grew up out right outside of Atlanta for a little over 10 years. And then I went to school for a little bit down there. I went to GCSU, studied music therapy for two and a half years, and then took a leap of faith and moved to Nashville and uh, finished my degree at Belmont in songwriting and music business. I graduated last year, exactly a year ago this month, which is crazy and a total miracle from God. And now for the past year, I've been doing, well, I stepped into music, doing music full time around March. Um, I was doing some nannying stuff before then, but stepped into full time music and then have a little part time job on the side. But um, I do R&B soul music in Nashville now. I play shows and do gigs and I'm also passionate about fashion and other endeavors. I do session work as well, singing and stuff like that and leading worship. But yeah, it's a little bit about me. So since we met in college, Belmont University, you know, (laughs) the memories go Bruins. But tell, I know you have a whole testimony about how you raise money um, for to go to Belmont, complete um, college. So like, what did you make? I know you said you majored in songwriting, but give us a little bit more about that. Yes. So, okay. So I, little background, I was in high school and I did not grow up Christian. I feel like I need to add this part to the story just because it's very big detail, but Um, I grew up in the Catholic church, but did not have a relationship with Jesus at all. Um, When I was 16 years old, I radically encountered Jesus and heard his voice, chose to follow him and surrender my life to him after years and years of depression and anxiety and filling myself to try to find purpose, but finding it in all the wrong areas and um, unsuccessfully finding it in all the wrong areas. Um, and so then after that, I was a junior in school and I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. Um, uh, but the way that I actually found the Lord was I had a a teacher in high school who knew I could play and sing, um, guitar. And, um, he asked me to do the music for this club at my high school called FCA. And I led there half doing the worship and did not know God. (laughs) at all. And it ended up saving me. I ended up hearing the gospel there for the first time. So I knew the calling of music was on my life, but I just thought it was maybe worship. I didn't really know what that would look like as a follower of Jesus, because that flips your whole life upside down. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when I decided to follow Jesus, my junior of high school, I originally wanted to just go be a missionary in Germany because my heart was just broken for all of my people, you know, my, my country that does not know God. A lot of Europe is just, you know, what we, some people call post-reached 
um, meaning, you know, there was a revival there at one point, but now there's usually it, the, the statistics say that there's less than 1% Christians mm. in Europe. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know because we just go visit. There's beautiful cathedrals, but there are museums. They're not, yeah. there's not worship that's alive there on Sundays. So mm-hmm. um, my heart, as soon as I started following Jesus, I was like, man, I got to go and just save my country. <laughs> I need to just go tell everybody. I just will sell all my things and wear a you know, backpack and have a Bible. And that's all I need. And I just want to live for you, God, forget my gifts, forget my talents. Well, something I learned about Jesus is that he gave us gifts and talents for a reason. And, um, you don't throw those out. You, you use them for his glory and it's actually way better than just what you think it'll look like. And so when I was a senior in high school, trying to figure out what to do for college, Um, I remember I was just praying. I was in this missions course. I was signed up to be a missionary in Germany. I had sent them my passport and everything for this organization. Mm -hmm. And then God was like, stop. I want to use music to get you back to Europe and do that. And I was like, okay, what does that even mean? Met a girl in that course. She told me about this school called Georgia College. That's south of Atlanta. And they had something called music therapy. And as soon as she said that, God was like, that's what I want you to do. And I was like, no, what do you mean? Like, I don't, I don't want to be a therapist. I don't want to do music. I don't even know what that means. Also, it's too late at this point. I was, a um, all the like applications, I thought they were closed. So the next day I actually just, I was like, okay, whatever. If it's open, then it's open. It was the last day to apply. Literally. I applied to college. Mm -hmm. Um, they ended up calling me saying, Hey, for some reason, you know, uh, you were too late. I know you, you know, applied and stuff like that, but we can't get you in for the semester. Um, and so I was like, great, I'll just go be a missionary, whatever. And they call me back two weeks later. They say, Hey, we're going to make an exception for you. We don't know why, but we feel like you're supposed to come to the school. And I was like, what? They're like, yeah, the program, usually, you know, you already had to audition a while ago, but we'll let you audition on move-in day. End up moving down to what's called Milledgeville, Georgia, middle mm-hmm. of nowhere. There's not even a target there. Um, it changed my life. I started, I, I got into the program. I applied, did the audition, which was crazy because I was totally felt unequipped and somehow got into this program, stayed there for two and a half years, which led me through vocal lessons, learning how to sing classically, doing all this stuff. And at that school, the first year there was this teacher and he gave us an assignment to songwrite. Everyone had to write a song by the end of the semester and class. We basically after at the end of the year he was like everybody's gonna play these songs we're gonna see who wrote the best song and they're gonna sing it downtown and I wrote my song the night before it was due because all my life I grew up writing music which I didn't think was abnormal I totally thought that everyone did that um and so I was like I'll just write a little song whatever I end up sharing it in class everyone freaks out you know he's like you got to sing this downtown I want to start recording your music I was like I don't have more music he's like you need to start writing And so from that point on, these people in this town started like encouraging my music, um, end up having a band, end up starting doing all these gigs. And I was like, what is going on? I'm here for music therapy, but now I'm kind of famous for my music and we're doing covers, but now people are singing my lyrics too. And is this what I want to do? And every time I play a show, it was like, oh my gosh, I know that this is what I'm supposed to do for the rest of my life. I don't know how, I don't know how to make money in this. I don't even know what this means. So summer before my junior year, 
um, God in the middle of the night, Google Belmont. He woke me up. He said, Google Belmont. I'm like about to go back for my junior year in college. Mm -hmm. And I wake up, Google Belmont. It says on the website, we're celebrating 10 years of the songwriting program. And I was like, what? I've never even heard of there being a songwriting program. Mm -hmm. Uh, How how does that exist? And so there's only like two in the nation or something crazy like that. Mm -hmm. And I saw on the, on the, on the website this is a private school so immediately I knew since I'm I'm independent from my parents financially I was like there's no way god you you called the wrong girl like I can't it's like 40,000 a semester or something crazy yeah right can I get yes oh gosh amen (laughs) you said amen okay yeah exactly (laughs) crazy um and I remember I was just like, nope. And I, do, I just exited out. And immediately I heard the Lord say, nothing is impossible with God. Mm-hmm. Through God, all things are possible. You better not ignore my voice, Mary Claire. Mm-hmm. And so I told him, I said, God, if you want me to go or even consider going to the school as a junior in college, transferring, I don't even know where the school is. Had no idea it was in Nashville. You need to make it really clear. Mm-hmm. So God took that serious. I was like, God, I need every sign. I need things in the sky to tell me Belmont. I need random people coming up to me. And what happened Mm -hmm. the next week, every day, something would happen. I literally had random people come up to me and say, Hey, are you praying about a school called Belmont? And I hadn't told him, I hadn't said a word to anybody. And I was just like, this is freaking me out. It was so clear. Then the last straw for me was I was in this guitar shop and I was like, God, show me that music is my calling, please. And I was playing one of my songs in this guitar shop and this random guy is is listening and he comes up to me and he says, hey, you're, are you famous? And I was like, no, I'm not famous. And he's like, yeah, you are. I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not famous. (laughs) And he was like, yeah, you are. And this is what you're supposed to do. And you're extremely anointed and you're gonna change the music industry. And I was like, who are you, bro? Um, And And he was like, you're supposed to move to Nashville. Okay. So at this point, I thought Belmont is just some school. Me not thinking, I didn't look up where it was. It was Mm -hmm. definitely Nashville, Tennessee. This guy's like, you're going to move to Nashville this next year. And you're going to change the music industry. And you're going to start writing songs that are, that change the world Mm -hmm. and bring a new sound. And I was just like, what is this guy saying? And I told him, I was like, no, I'm about to go back to my (laughs) school it's in Milledgeville, Georgia, in the middle of nowhere. And I'm finishing my degree in music therapy, which I actually hate by the way, but I'm going to do it. And he was like, no, you're not. He buys me this guitar I'm playing on that was super expensive. He says oh, here, wow. investing in you. This is how much I believe that this is from God. I'm buying you this guitar. You need to move to Nashville. That literally happened three days before I was going back to college. So then I'm like, okay, what, where's Belmont? I started Googling it immediately comes up Nashville, Tennessee. I was like, no way. This is not real life right now. So obviously people say everything's a coincidence, whatever. No, 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 no coincidences. And these were clear signs from God. Um, and so he was really trying to get my attention. So I go back to college cause I felt like he said, go back for one more semester. And I was like, okay. And I dropped my major in faith before I had even applied to Belmont. I dropped my music therapy major. I call Belmont, tell them what classes am I supposed to take to transfer? They tell me, they, they're like, have you applied? I'm like, no. They're like, you should probably apply. I'm like, okay, I will. <laughs> so I apply. 
um, end up getting in. And then I had to apply for the songwriting program, which if you didn't know, it's, it's a small program. It's super competitive. People come from all over the world. So I was like, if I get into this, I mean, I basically told God, listen, you have to get me into the school. You have to get me into the program. And then you, you have to pay for this because I will not go in debt to go there. Yeah, I won't. And so and God was like, okay, test me in this. Literally. I was like, okay. I got in the program that was at the end of October. And so that was my fall semester. So I only had, you know, two and a half months before literally being in Nashville because the semester started in January. Mm -hmm. And so I had a month left at my old school. I got into the program and then I was like, okay, God, what do you want me to do? I I don't know what to do. How am I going to fundraise? Like I need, I mean, I need like, you know, tons of money. Um, Mm -hmm. And he was just like, pray start praying. And so I did. And not kidding before I ever moved a foot or a hand or anything to do anything, people started sending me checks in the mail that would say, Hey, I, I saw you in a dream last night. God said to send you this here's $700. Boom. Like those kind of things coming in. Yeah. And once that started rolling in, I was like, well, now I can't just refund everybody. Like now, <laughs> like, right. now, now I'm like motivated, you yeah. know, to like get this goal. So then me and my friends get together. We're like, let's throw a huge show. And I was like, God, what do I do? I have like six solid songs that I love. What do I do? He's like, make an EP, record it. So I literally record an EP, release it throw a huge fundraiser concert with all of my friends. We had people make Brunswick stew to sell cookies to sell all this stuff. And after, you know, three hours of this event, hundreds of college students paid my tuition for Belmont and the money just started rolling in. College students were giving me hundreds of dollars, just mm-hmm. believing. And it was called bound for Belmont. Marie Claire's Aww. bound for Belmont. <laughs> just strangers were coming up. I mean, it was to the point where janitors at the school were giving me money. Homeless people that knew me were giving me money. I was like, you need money, bro. Why are you giving me the money? Yeah. <laughs> wow. was crazy. I was like, oh my God, what's happening? And before I ever left the other school, Milledgeville mm-hmm. college, I was fully funded above what I needed. And so that covered me for rent for a month and the, the and I paid in cash the first the first semester of Belmont um, and all four semesters were exactly like that. Miracles of miracles of miracles of, of getting my tuition paid. I mean, the craziest ways. Sometimes I just get on Instagram and be like, guys, in two days I have to pay my tuition. I'm $3,000 short. Please help me. And people would just start Venmoing me money. Mm-hmm. People believed in me, you know, and, and believed in my music and believed in the calling that's on my life, which is a miracle. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's a miracle. And it's, it reminds me a lot. Um, December, I'm recording a live concert. So it's going to be a pre-recorded concert that's going to, that's going to air and people can buy tickets to it, but it's going to be an online concert. So you can watch it on your couch, kind of like a couch concert deal. Um, but it's going to be fully full, full production of this, of this live concert. And God gave me the vision to do this. And so it's a, it's a bigger scale of kind of what I did back in the day. And it's mm-hmm. to basically launch my music career and to pay off the rest of the debt that came from my first college, because I really felt God gave me the promise. I am going to pay your tuition. And so I, when I, when I graduated Belmont, I was only 
I only ever had to take $3,000 out for student loans. That's so good. It's so good. And it's because I got in a car accident and I had to use my fundraiser money to pay for uh, my medical bills. Right. <laughs> that was like the only reason. So I ended up having to take out like $3,000, $4,000. But um, for my last school, there's debt. So I'm, I'm about $20,000 in debt. And I really, my dream for my life and really going full force and full time into music was to have no debt and to start being able to invest in things like EPs and, you know, these kinds of things. And so mm -hmm. I really need to be free financially to be able to do that. And I, to start my life, you know, right. and so I was like, God, what do I do? Do I just work like five jobs and pay off my debt and, and save like everybody else? And mm -hmm. God was like, no, I gave you this chunk of money, invest it, and then partner with people into the vision of your life, basically. Mm -hmm. And so I feel really stirred up right now <laughs> because yeah. I'm like telling the story of how the first time people, you know, paid, paid my way, right. um, that it can happen again. Like this miracle mm -hmm. can happen again. And, and $20,000 seems like a lot, but I'm like believing, believing for it, believing mm -hmm. that this music video, this, this concert, this live concert is going to literally pave the way to be financially free and launch my first EP and my, and my project. So yeah, just wanted to share that too, that that's coming. Um, and it's recording at December 4th and then it's going to launch around January. Um, and I'm also going to start releasing an EP around then. So it's coming, <laughs> things are coming, but, um, yeah. So to answer that question, that was a lot, but no, I mean, I feel like that's why it's such a, um, a gift to know you because it's really, Hmm. when you are around you, you're like, if God can do it for her, he can do it for me. You yes. know, you just like spur on faith in people. And wow. so just hearing your testimony and your stories and how people just believe in you, it just makes others. I feel like what I've seen want to just dive in deeper in their relationship with God and believe in a deeper way than yeah. they have before. And side note, y'all, Aww. Your your voice, like <laughs> I my mom loves your voice. Like she's like I think follows you on Instagram. Like it's a whole thing. Okay. No um, I oh her gosh. voice, y'all. It's so good. I have Aww. I barely have words <laughs> to describe. Are it's you so good? But thank you for that for saying that. You have you have no idea. It's like I tell Matt all the time, my boyfriend. Like man, my voice is the most attack thing and has been my whole entire life. Satan tells me all the time, I can't sing, mm -hmm. which sounds crazy because you guys hear me saying so confidently, yeah, I'm a full-time musician, full-time music, whatever I do, R&B, I'm doing all this stuff. It sounds so, that's faith. That's faith yeah. when I talk because you better believe that on the daily, I'm hearing the lie. Stop. There's so many people better than you. Your voice isn't made for this. You can't sing R&B. You can't do runs like other people. Mm -hmm. You don't have, you know, you, you can't sing high enough. You can't sing low enough. You can't just all these voices. And I, I'm just, oh man, I, I just always have to believe God. No, I'm not going to bury this gift. And I always think of the parable of the talents because you know, there was three people, one was given five, one was given three, one was given one. And the one that was given one talent buried it. And God mm -hmm. ended up 
and the other two invested their talents and they doubled, doubled in their gifts, doubled in their talents. But the one that buried it, God actually took it away from him, cursed him, and then gave it to the one that invested the most. Mm -hmm. And so I'm always like, I'm not going to listen to you, Satan, and bury my gift because I've been tempted to stop daily. Mm. It takes daily prayer and spending time with God and speaking identity of Christ over myself and believing and just continuing, even when I feel so insecure to see me here today, because it's, it is not where you are most powerful is where you are most attacked. Yes. And so I believe in faith and receive what you said over my voice, because man, it's, it's, I wish I could tell you, yeah, that's how I feel. No, that's not how I feel though. Mm-hmm. It's not how I feel, but what I believe and what I walk in is different than what I feel. I want to share a visual real quick because it came back to me yesterday. I heard one time someone say, you know, you only put a scarecrow in a field that has mm-hmm. fruit and that has a harvest and that has plenty. You don't mm-hmm. put scarecrows in fields that are empty. You know, there's mm-hmm. nothing to, 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 scare away. There's nothing that threatens it coming. There's always going to be a scarecrow in your field of plenty. There's not going to be. So when there's fear and stuff coming against certain things, where that is, that's probably where you need to run. That's probably what you need to do because yeah, Satan's not coming after something that doesn't threaten him. If he thinks it's weak, he's not going to say a word about it. Right. <laughs> but if he thinks it's strong and awesome and can change the world, then he's going to try to convince you every single day you should stop. You know, so I just want to share that for anybody that's listening that feels that way, wherever you feel so attacked, don't let that discourage you. Let that encourage you and mm-hmm. let that drive you to continue. Yeah. Continuing it. Because I think about, I had this podcast mic for a year before I ever started the podcast. Like I was talking to my environmental science professor about podcasting before, like, you know, yeah. I just started it last year and I was talking about it before then but you know for specifically for me it's just like all about like my confidence and not believing in my voice yeah and then that kind of changing into like people saying oh you have a soothing voice I'm like what like I never thought about that like I just played small and just kind of went into myself but yeah I definitely see that in my life of enemy tries to attack me in that in that sense of like my confidence and like using my voice even though I think like oh what do I know you know so I definitely agree with you in that regard but when you're talking about your doubts um, I know in the song I've heard from other people in the songwriting program that there's a lot it's easy to compare how did you like did you ever struggle with comparison in the program are you kidding me when I moved to Nashville I Okay. So just picture yourself. I moved from a city where there's no target. Okay. And my voice was probably, you know, I was most well-known music wise, probably I would say at that college, there was one other group that was well-known, but we had sang together in the beginning. Regardless, I didn't have, I was a big fish in a small pond. Okay. Mm -hmm. I moved to Nashville. I have no idea. All I know is God's calling me to do songwriting. God's calling me to sing. This is my calling. I'm going to change the music industry. I mean, what kind of task is that? It's an impossible one without God. That's what it is. And I remember moving that January when I moved to Nashville. I mean, I was frozen in fear, Mm -hmm. frozen, debilitated for months, months. When I got 
to Belmont, I mean, the amount of pressure and everyone I met, they're like, oh, where's your Spotify? Oh, I already have, I'm already booked. You know, I've already signed with a record label. Oh, I'm dropping out next semester because I'm going on tour. Oh, I'm doing this. Oh, I have 50,000 followers on this thing. Oh, I have. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I just released an EP. I'm happy it broke a thousand something mm-hmm. and literally recorded it just for 200 bucks somewhere just out of faith didn't really know what I was doing just for the love of music and what God was telling me and I thought it was a big deal until I came here you know and I'm realizing I'm nothing compared to you guys like Mm -hmm. I'm a joke I don't even know how to like I haven't been trying to grind in Nashville years before I haven't been trying to do writer's round I've never sang a writer's round I've never done any of these things like it was always me and my guitar in in my bedroom just writing to process my life. It was never, here's an assignment, write this song. Here's this technique, write this. Here's a pop song, try to make tracks. We're not going to teach you how, but try to make tracks. I was like, whoa, what is going on? And so, yeah, it took me literally worshiping. And then honestly, it did not stop. The pressure did not stop Mm -hmm. until quarantine hit. Mm. And it took, that was a year. So that was a year of that. Mm-hmm. and me basically getting so insecure that I didn't want to sing anymore. I didn't do any rounds. I played one show the first month I was there because that was my goal. I was like, if I can play one show, then that's good. And mm-hmm. I did that. And I was like, yep, never doing that again. And just totally wanted to quit music. And I was really just there out of blind obedience. Cause I was like, I don't love this. I don't think I'm good. I don't really know what I'm writing. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I have no idea what's happening, but mm-hmm. because I kept going regardless I'm here right now, the way, the way that I am. And I've grown so much because I kept going, even though I didn't want to. And even though it felt like I was literally going backwards Mm -hmm. and I was, I felt just like the dumbest person in every single room I was in. Cause I was like, I don't even know what publishing is. I don't know what pitching is pitching songs. I mean, I just literally had no idea about anything. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like everyone around me was 50 steps ahead of me and I had no chance, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, which totally made me want to turn around and thought, I thought I made the biggest mistake ever the first couple months of living there. Honestly, I was like, this was, I just left all my community. I don't know one person in Nashville. I don't even know where the freaking grocery store is. I'm sitting in this bedroom, just like shaking in fear. Yeah. Um, which by the way, was a sign of me making the right decision. Cause there was so much attack on me when I first moved there. And then slowly but surely, you know, I met a couple people that were solid and God brought some people and I met, I found a church, Nashville Life, that literally I feel like saved my life and, and put breath back in my lungs. Um, and honestly, God was in it because he, the first nine months of me living in Nashville had nothing to do with developing my music. It had everything to do with developing my heart and my career, my character. Yeah. And so God wanted to get a hold of my heart. That's why he moved me to Nashville. He wanted to get a hold of my heart. He wanted to change me. He wanted to grow me and fast track. Like, here, let me bring you to a place where you know nobody. You're t- completely dependent on me. Here, let me break up with your boyfriend. Let's get you, you know, I'm not saying that God causes breakups or car accidents, but both of those happen for my good because mm-hmm. he was cutting off every single thing attached from back home. I literally had to get my license renewed. And every time I tried to do it in Georgia, they would lose my license. They were like, we don't have it. We don't have it. We don't have it. And God kept saying, you're supposed to do it in Tennessee. Put your roots down, put your roots down. And I was like, no, I'm like one foot in one foot out. Like at any point I could just move back to Atlanta if I'm too scared. 
And God was like, no, let me then take away your car, take like, and so I couldn't even, I had to take buses. And so when I would be in Nashville, I could not go back. I could not go back to Atlanta. I didn't have a car for like four months. So there was all these things. I know that sounds also jumbled, but my main point is the comparison and all of those things God used to really work out why do you do music, Marie Claire? What is, who are you in Christ? He brought me to Nashville Life to like be worked out. They called me up. They called me out. Like Gracie, my mentor and best friend, she just, she was like, okay, what about this? What about, she didn't care about my music. She's like, you're great, whatever, but what about your heart? And so God used that first year to just develop the person I was because he cannot give me a platform or a a place at all to speak or grow. If I can't even store a tiny little thing, you know, like Mm -hmm. he's going to give me more if I stored something well, but I need, in order for him to give me a bigger platform, I need to be able to have character to handle that platform. Yes. Amen. And, and so he took the first year and a half to really just develop my character and humble me and work that out. And so what I was going to say is when Corona hit, when quarantine happened, it was the best thing that could have ever happened because for me, because all the pressure was gone. No one was playing shows anymore. No one was doing things anymore. No one was releasing stuff. And I, that comparison thing was gone for the first time. And when that was gone and the striving was gone, I actually said, I wanted to quit music that came out. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Now that there's no pressure and force, I don't want to. I lost the love for it. Like the the that pure thing is gone. Mm-hmm. And so God took about a month of me taking a break from music to just get my priorities straight. And I remember the day that I I wrote again and um and it was so different. I finally learned how to create with God mm-hmm. um instead of striving and and creating from a place of I have to, I have to. Now he taught me and trained me in 2020 how to create from overflow mm. with him, creating with him. Then as soon as he got my heart right and my priorities right and God was first, not music and God, music needed to come under God. When that happened, that's when I met Matt. That's when I started to produce. Like that's when I learned, um, you know, how to produce. That's when me and Matt worked on my, my first single, wake me up. And God was like, green light, release it. That was when I stepped into R and B soul. I was doing folk type of music before, um, because I was too insecure and I compared myself of, well, everyone sounds grunge at Belmont. That's how I have to be. Mm -hmm. No, I grew up on Marvin Gaye and Stevie wonder and the temptations, (laughs) you know, the best people, Aretha Franklin, those are my like idols. Like those are the people I look up to. And so when I met Matt, he was like, you need to sing the way you sing, which is R&B. It doesn't matter what you think the stereotypes are. This is what God gave you. And so that was the first time we did Wake Me Up and did that reggae R&B type of feel and have been since then. And I haven't looked back and it's been the best thing ever. And it's, you know, there's still a couple, there's still that comparison Mm -hmm. available for me, but I don't agree with that. And I, and I, now I'm realizing, wow, my sound is so unique. It's so mm-hmm. different. I don't hear anyone doing it in Nashville. And that totally aligns with what that guy said in the guitar shop. You're going to bring a new sound to Nashville. Mm-hmm. And I've, I'm not kidding you. Every show, someone comes up to me and says, you have like a new sound. You're, you're, you're developing a whole new sound in Nashville. We've never heard anything like it. And we love it. Again, I have no idea how to paraphrase things. So sorry, but so much to some of those questions because it's like 
well, I had to be completely worked out. Like it's not just comparison, you know, it's like striving and the music industry and pressure and all those other things that are with it that you just have to, you have to know God or, yeah. or else you're going to die. I don't know. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, that's what's so good walking with God is because you think it's about one thing and you're like, Oh, no, I need yep. to work on this, 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 yep. before I even get to that thing. And it's yep. definitely, it does build your character. Cause I know that I've been in moments or like seasons of waiting and it's just like, why am like, why is this happening to me? And then I realize when I come out of it, how I learned the people I've met or things, how I had to rely on God more, like you said, yeah. than any and that humbled me in a lot of different ways. So yeah. I definitely see what you mean about that. Recently, I think when we saw each other last, you mentioned being in a season of waiting and you kind of mentioned it with school and everything like that. But do you have any, I guess, advice or I know prayer and seeking the Lord is so good, but do you have any advice of like people and waiting seasons? Because I know that's always hard. Mm-hmm. to sit in <laughs> every yeah the I have so much advice on waiting I mean yeah it's a constant thing that we're that we're in mm-hmm. waiting is never wasted is what I'll say the season of waiting a lot of people feel like oh I'm gonna wait I'm gonna wait and it's like a passive season until mm-hmm. you get what you want no um in the bible it says wait on the lord and those who wait on the lord will renew their strength Mm -hmm. will mount up on wings as eagles they will soar they'll walk and not grow faint they'll run and not grow weary that's for those who wait on the lord and so there's a process happening as you're waiting and if you wait the correct way which is not basically just sitting and stopping everything and waiting it's it's it's, you're growing you're renewing yourself you're you're still going you know um and then if you wait the correct way like you're gonna look completely different when the thing comes and you'll be ready, whatever you're waiting on. Yeah. I mean, there's tons of things I'm always waiting on. And I, and I, and I love, I actually love the season of waiting because I want to encourage everybody. Sometimes I think, you know, our season of waiting, we're actually waiting for like an outcome. A lot of times, like we're, we're waiting on the raise. We're waiting on the new job. We're waiting on the breakthrough in our career. We're waiting on that boyfriend to ask us whatever. And actually what I learned as I was waiting um, a lot this past year is, oh, I'm waiting on the Lord to move however he's going to move. And if I know God and if I'm close to God, I trust that whatever happens, it's for my benefit and my good. It might not look like what I'm thinking, but if I wait on him to move, however, I'm not missing. I can't miss out on anything, good. which goes back to how you wait. You know, how do you wait effectively? I'll say, how, how can you wait effectively? Mm-hmm. Um, and practically speaking, I, what I tell my friends and the girls I disciple and the women I lead, I have a women's group that I lead and stuff. And what I tell them is in the mornings, when you get with God and you spend that time in the secret place. Whatever that thing is, whatever that desire is, whatever, say it, say it to God, tell him, you know, I want this, whatever it is, I'm going to wait on you, but move however you want to and, and leave it right there every day. Just leave it in the morning, leave it at the cross, whatever that is, because what you don't want is to go throughout your day, always thinking, always thinking, because you're actually going to miss out on what God is doing right now. 
Mm-hmm. so preoccupied about what you want to happen in the future. And when it, when it happens, you're going to be like, Oh, it's here. Okay. Now what? Now I'm going to wait for the next thing or now I'm going to, so you're never, if you find satisfaction in the Lord now and the present and leave with him what you want in the future and mm-hmm. leave it, lay it down. You're going to find so much joy in the waiting. There's so much to be had while you wait. I mean, and it'll, and it'll actually, you'll look so much better once you get it. Like you'll be strong. You'll be, you'll be ready for whatever that thing is. And that's really what God is doing. He's working at your character and character produces hope. And so I think hope and waiting go together. Yeah, for sure. you're, You're hoping for something you're, and that's good. It's so good to hope. It's so good. I tell, I tell my girls this too. I'm like, that thing you want, tell God, whether you get it or not, whatever, but be honest. It's not bad to ask for whatever you want. You know, your father in heaven, it's rich. He loves you. And even if he's like, he's like, ask me. And if you ask and it's not wise and he doesn't want to give it, he'll just be like, no, but you know, I'm glad you asked me. Always be honest with God when, when you're waiting. Like I, I remember before me and my boyfriend were dating, I wanted him so bad and God <laughs> told me all these things about our relationship and what was going to happen. And, and it looked like impossible. I mean, the stuff he was telling me, I was just like, is this a serious, is this a joke? And a lot of times I didn't want to wait or I didn't want to hope because I was scared of disappointment. Mm-hmm. But what I learned was every day I could ask for it, but I left it there. I was like, God, I really want him. I really envision this. I really see this and this and this but you know what? I love you. And I'm so happy with whatever you give me and please give me that, but let your will be done. And I I leave it here, you know, and thank you for what you're doing right now. Thank you that I have more than enough in you. Mm -hmm. I have more than enough. So I I hope that helps, but that's kind of what I do in waiting. You have something happening soon that is exciting for freedom. I'm excited. Do you want to tell us a little bit about? Oh my gosh. Yes. So speaking of waiting, there's been, oh man, so many things that have just been in the works in my life for a long time. And um, something that I'm finally taking a step of launch, a little clothing line called for freedom apparel. And it's based on Galatians 5.1 for freedom. Christ has set me free to no longer return to a yoke of slavery, which is my life verse. And something I'm really passionate about is freedom in Christ, just because of what I've received through Jesus, just knowing my new identity. You know, I've gone through crazy things, abuse, rape, sexual abuse, addictions, name it, horrible things, but I'm, I'm not a victim. I, I, I was a victim in those nights and those moments and those circumstances for sure. But I'm actually, I can say I'm a victor and I'm more than a conqueror in Christ. And the only reason is because of Jesus's freedom that he's given me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's something I want to make available to everyone and make sure they know it's available. Mm -hmm. And and I want to live my life fighting for freedom from freedom, for freedom for others, for freedom for myself continually, because Lord knows he's working me out still Mm -hmm. um, and will continue to until I come home to him. Um, but it's, it's something I'm passionate about and it's what I want my life to echo the boldness, the confidence, all that stuff comes from freedom. And then, and I know it's available for everyone. It's not a personality type. Mm-hmm. It's not a, uh, Marie Claire exclusive thing. It's, it's literally for everybody. So I'm, I'm kind of investing in a clothing line to launch future things and future events and things around freedom. 
And this is kind of the first thing that God has asked me to do to dip my toe into the water and invest into it. And so it'll be launching November 22nd on, um, at my event called a night for freedom. It's going to be in Nashville, Tennessee at rocket town. And, um, I'm also releasing my new song cover me. That's about my story of freedom. Um, that same night and how God was with me throughout all the dark, the darkness. And that's how I can be with him now. And that's the freedom that I've gotten through him. So that's what's happening. Um, I just launched the page. Uh, you can find it on Instagram at for freedom apparel, and you can RSVP for a night for freedom. It's a free event. Um, just a night where people, including myself are sharing their stories of freedom and we're going to have charcuterie. We're going to have coffee, a coffee bar. We're going to have, um, the clothing shop up kind of like a pop-up shop mm -hmm. and then I'll be singing my song cover me. So yeah, you can also pre-save that. All that is in my link in on Instagram at Marie Claire music, which is M A R I C L R dot music. So Marie Claire without the vowels, but yeah, I'm super excited about it. <laughs> Everyone go follow everything because I can't wait to see all that's in store. But my last question is, since we're talking about freedom, yeah, what is advice for songwriters specifically that they can walk in freedom mm. in their career or journey, personally, professionally? I mean, the first thing is walking with Jesus. Mm -hmm. I think I have a song called Milk and Honey. The bridge is like, walk with me, walk with me, walk with me. Oh, won't you just talk with me, talk with me. And that song is about me and Jesus in this place of milk and honey. The sweetest mm -hmm. place ever is when I'm close to him, walking with him, talking with him. And that means in every area of my life. And so I think the way that we find freedom is inviting Jesus mm -hmm. in and choosing and knowing he's at your right hand. He's filled you with the Holy Spirit if you've believed in him. Romans says, if you confess with your mouth and um, confess with your tongue that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, then you are saved. And then he gives you his Holy Spirit. And so freedom is really found if you invite, it's simple, invite Jesus in, ask him. Like this morning I was, I woke up, I feel like I need to share this. I woke up with a lot of shame and condemnation and because of something that I fell into that I was not proud of. And I was, I was just like, God, I feel so far away. Why does this happen? I, I, I feel so ashamed. And, and it took me a second to get out of that mindset to just hear God. But he actually showed me, Hey, I'm not looking at your sin. I don't actually bring up your sin that much. Mm -hmm. I want you to focus on my love. And I saw this picture of me. I was around eight years old and Jesus was sitting in this chair in this big white room. And he was sitting there and he said, here, come sit on my lap and, and tell me how you feel. And I just walked to him and he just held me. And he was like, how are you feeling, my love? <laughs> and I was like, God, Jesus, I'm so sad. I feel sad and I feel afraid. And, and I feel so mad that I did this again. And he was like, mm -hmm, what else? You know, and I just told him my feelings. And immediately this love came into my heart. And he was like, it's okay. I understand. And he just held me. And he's like, I love you. I love you. I, I just want you close to me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's freedom. It's 
being close with Jesus. I think a lot of times we compartmentalize our life and we say, here's the Jesus bubble on Sundays. And then my relationships and my anxiety I feel in the mornings and my Mm -hmm. depression that comes in my relationship and my marriage and my kids and the stress that comes with being a mother. That has nothing to do with Jesus. Jesus is over here. Well, no, Jesus wants to be involved in every area and wants to give you an abundant life. John 10, 10, he came to give you life and life abundant. And so he'll always show you a way to freedom in every area of your life. Mm -hmm. The second thing I want to say is knowing your identity in Christ. So knowing who God is and then knowing who you are. Those are the two main things because you can't know who you are without knowing who God is. So know him first, invite him in, but then know who you are. What, who are you? What did you get when you said yes to Jesus? You didn't just say yes. And now you're a robot. No, you actually got a new identity. You're a child of God now you're a citizen of heaven. Did you know that you're called a saint? You're not even called a sinner when you're a believer called a saint. You're not, you know, you're seated in the heavenlies with Christ. He's given you not a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, a sound mind. So those things, you need to know the word of God, like to know who you are, you need to read the Bible. And I think a lot of Christians just simply don't read the Bible. And that's why they don't have freedom. Mm-hmm. I think that's literally the main thing. We we don't read the Bible. And I don't know why, because that's the only weapon we've been given. And that's the only truth in the whole world. And so if your Bible is Instagram, yes, you'll be insecure and anxious for the rest of your life. You will. I don't care if you say John 316 in your bio, or you call yourself a Christian, or you hang out at church on Sundays, you will be a slave to those things because you're not filling yourself and you're not renewing your mind. Our minds are so forgetful and we we have to literally renew them because we're not made perfect we're made broken we need jesus to be able to be whole in our minds and our hearts and so read the bible know jesus and know who you are when you do those things and enjoy it enjoy life have fun have fun following jesus is the best adventure you'll ever be on like it's not this rigid thing on you to find freedom like freedom is awesome it's it's amazing when you realize you can go into a room and everyone can hate you and you love everybody regardless and you know you're loved and you don't care at all what people think about you you're like wow i've won the lottery Mm-hmm. I mean, I, freedom is the best thing and it's completely available to everybody. It doesn't matter what you've done, what you've said, who you've been, where you've been. If you're listening to this right now, I pray in Jesus name that you would know you are free in Christ. Mm-hmm. If you Like at the sound of my voice that you would just know it is truth. And if Jesus, the judge, who's the only one that can judge you says it, believe him. He's your father in heaven. And he's the only one who actually has the right to point a finger because he was perfect. And he chooses to hug you instead. Receive that, you know, receive freedom. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. thank you so much Claire, oh for coming on. Like I know this is going to bless so many people and inspire Aww. so many people, but yeah. say your social media again, just so everyone knows. Yes. It is Marie Claire music, M-A-R-I-C-L-R, Marie Claire without the vowels. You can find me on Spotify at that same name. And then I have a link in my bio on Instagram for, for freedom apparel. So yeah, that's for freedom apparel, just the way that it's written. And yeah, hit me up, please DM me. <laughs> and if you've listened to this podcast or you've gotten anything, just DM me. I love meeting new people. If you're in Nashville, I'd love to grab coffee too. My thing is people. It's why I do everything I do. So love you guys. So excited. Lauren, what a blessing you are. Keep doing this. Never stop. 
I don't care what Satan says to you. You are a life changer. You're a world changer. You will make a difference. You asking me to do this makes me feel so loved and Mm -hmm. so seen. You're giving other people a voice, Lauren. Mm -hmm. So it's not just you using your voice. Now God's using you and your voice to give other people a voice. And so thank you for being my first podcast ever. Literally, this has been my dream (laughs) for so long. I, and it's actually crazy. I wrote that on my goals this year. I wanted to be on a podcast. So this is literally, I just realized this is my first time ever doing that. And I'm like, so, so, so honored. Thank you. I'm honored. Okay. (laughs) Thanks again. Um, Homies, I hope this helps you today, tonight, or tomorrow. Talk to you soon.